Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. As always, I want to thank Rick Mitchell for the introductions and my fantastic producer, who I could not, could not do the show without, Adam Zalouf. So thank you, guys. Uh, today's guest, now you guys know I like guys or people who do different things. Uh, they just don't do the one thing. And, and this, our guest today has a very diverse background. Uh, which, again, I, I respect a ton. He is a Los Angeles-based graphic designer. He is a huge baseball fan who started a, something called the Beer Baseball Blog. Say that real quick, Beer Baseball Blog. <laughs> and uh, he also started the Beer Baseball Blogcast. And on top of all that, he was a very successful professional wrestler who wrestled under the name Disco Machine. Uh, and I didn't when we originally connected, I didn't know that I was talking to the disco machine until he told me. So, uh, but it's good to have him on the show, Michael Mondragon. Uh, thank you for being on the show, Michael. Oh, my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And I hope I didn't butcher your last name because people butcher the hell out of mine. So, uh, <laughs> hopefully, I'll get it nope, right. Nope, Mondragon is it. It's all good. I, I could roll my R's and sound really fancy, but I'll just keep it American. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let, let's let's start off with the wrestling thing. And, and we're going to get to, you know, everything, including the graphic design business that you're in as well. But um, tell us how you got into wrestling. Uh, what, what made you want to be a professional wrestler? I, I Real quick, uh, a guy that I mentioned pretty much on the show all the time, Vince Kaplack, who had uh, he won many world uh, titles, NWA junior uh, heavyweight champion. Um, he wanted to be a wrestler ever since he was a little kid. Ever since I knew him, he wanted to be a professional wrestler. And he did it. Uh, uh, here in Pittsburgh and, and uh, won many world titles, as I said. Uh, what made you want to do that? Well, um, I, I grew up in the sweet spot of uh, WWF wrestling. And, uh, you know, when cable um, w- was getting big in the, in the mid-80s, um, watching you know, WTBS, watching the shows out of Atlanta uh, every Saturday, um, I during that time, I think it was like about like 85 or so. I was about 15 years old. Uh, just growing up in that, like I said, that sweet spot of, you know, uh, nationwide wrestling. Loving, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and Roddy Piper. Um, so watching all that um, and just being a, a total fanatic about it. Uh, just wanting to know everything about it and just the, 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 how it was athletic, but it was also theater, but it was also comedy. And uh, I just, as, as someone who grew up, um, you know, I'll, I'll probably go over my graphic design back, background, but uh, I just loved how like everybody was a character. I wasn't so much in the comic books. Um, so this was definitely uh, maybe my obsession, like other people have comic books as their obsession. So I, I loved it. I loved uh, like drawing the wrestlers and, and uh, drawing the logos and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And um, yeah, and then, you know, going to live shows. My first show was like in 85. Um, I actually saw um, Hulk Hogan and Iron Sheik in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where I grew up. It was 
actually they were celebrating the year after Hogan had won the title from the Sheik. And right. uh, it was like every, like, uh, it was everything that I didn't know that it really was. I mean, back then it was like, you know, people smoked in the arenas and, and it was right, right. seedy and it was people fighting in the crowd. It was, it was, it was not a safe environment for, for kids actually. And uh, I loved it. And uh, I just kept up with it and never w- did I think that one day that I would do it. And, um, you know, just through some associations that, that I had and some relationships that I had, um, I wound up moving to LA in 97 and uh, started like training. And next thing you know, a couple of years later, uh, I'm wrestling at the Grand Olympic. So, you know, it, 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 that sounds like a really, uh, you know, overnight success, but um, it was it was a lot of years in between that. Sure. For sure. You know, you, you mentioned some things that I was going to say for later, but I have to bring them up now. I I'm 56 and I grew up in the 70s and the 80s uh, for professional wrestling and obviously being here in Pittsburgh. Uh, with WWF at first and WWF, mm-hmm. you know, we obviously idolized Bruno San Martino. And then, you know, you mentioned Hogan, but then there was superstar Graham before that and Dominic DiNucci mm-hmm. and, and I can go on and on with those guys. And you mentioned oh, yeah. Iron Sheik and, and, and Roddy Piper in the eighties. And, and of course the, the, the birth of WrestleMania, but again, and, and Snuka and I can go on and on, but you know, I, I tell this story all the time and I don't know if it's happened to you, but I was walking, this was in, and I don't remember the year, Michael, but it was the year of the Stone Cold Steve Austin Pillman feud. So it was oh, yeah, probably like 96, 96, right. Okay. 96, 97. It's crazy. Cause I was walking to a supermarket. Now you got to remember the first time that I was introduced to wrestling was 1971. Okay. I remember the house I was in. It, it wasn't my home. We were visiting uh, some friends, right? And this guy's name was Skip, Skip Evans. He was maybe about 17, 18. I was, uh, what, seven or eight years old. Um, And he turned wrestling on, studio wrestling. And there was a guy called the Batman, B-A-T-T-M-A-N. And I loved Batman. And there he is dressed like, you know, Batman. And I said, wow, what's this, right? And I watched him. I was just so captivated by it. And then here comes this big guy. Huge guy, hair slick back, Bruno San Martino. Then he started talking Italian, right? And that, and that was my guy. So ever since that day, uh, I've been into wrestling. But anyway, so fast forward to 96. I mean, big time, huge wrestling fan. So then in 70 or in 96, I was walking to a supermarket. And I don't know why, but it hit me. I said, you know, there's going to be a com- there's going to come a time where I'm not going to like professional wrestling because I could see it. Because the the it was the sport was different, um, the wrestlers were different, the now they call it ring psychology is different. Everything was different, and I the last pay per view I got was the Hogan, Rocky Johnson, uh, not Rocky Johnson, the Rock fight, and and I don't watch mm-hmm. it anymore. I, I've attempted, I've I, I I respect the hell out of their talents, but it's just not the same for me anymore. Is it the same for you now? Uh, I would have to say no. The only thing that really excites me these days is watching uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. Uh, I actually, um, after after leaving, um, you know, I, I, I quit in like 2011 or so. Um, and I didn't watch for a long time. 
And uh, only recently, because of the pandemic, uh, my friends, uh, w- we would watch it and, and we would actually do like um, create little uh, betting things of like who would win these tournaments and stuff. So New Japan okay. has always uh, been really great for me watching like Mexico or Japan, but nothing American. And, and I'll agree with you. Uh, it's, um, you know, I have a lot of people that I still know that are in WWF and AEW and the um, but I, I don't watch as like I used to with a bit of um, kind of that, that, that where it gives you that tingly feeling and you just right. like, oh, exactly. I need to know more. And, and, and I think that um, one, one thing that I'll attribute it to is, um, and, and I heard uh, Excalibur um, as, as said this one time when, when we were talking, and I'm sure we'll go around the background. And there's a reason why I, 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 I bring him up. Um, but he told me one time, he, he said that we know how the hot dogs are made. So, and that's what, that's the, that's <laughs> Great the line. part of it that, that, yeah, it, it's, it's exactly the way it is. We, we know too much. We're too far inside. We, we cross the threshold of, of knowing everything about professional wrestling. So there's not that kind of um, still kind of wonderment, like we're still right. trying Great to figure line. it out. Yeah. 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 And it's, 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 that's probably taken it away from me. But then when I watch like New Japan Pro Wrestling and they still have like, we, we, we call it shenanigans whenever they do the rough bumps and the, sure. and the stuff. And we know stuff is coming, but, um, but the, but the athleticism is the thing that I, I, I really wish that they would bring back, um, make it, make it like a sport instead of entertainment. I think that that's a big part of right. um, with what I, what, what, what I wouldn't enjoy about, uh, but, but I like the athletic part of it, you know, winning tournaments or, or having a title in it, meaning something is, is, is really big to me. You know, you mentioned about, and I love that line. We know what's in the hot dog. In 1980, um, there was the Bruno San Martino, Larry Zabisco feud, right? Well, I remember when that also, I don't know if you got to see that out there and in, in, whether you were in Phoenix or Los Angeles, you probably didn't, but. Um, probably not they, the time, but I, I know of it. Yeah. Okay. You know of it. All right. So you know how they led up to it and all that kind of stuff. So sure. I remember, I'll never forget when they announced the match and next week they're going to be fighting. So we used to watch W O R wrestling or W R R channel nine, New York at midnight. And then we'd watch the local uh, Pittsburgh stations here at 10, 10 AM and noon. But anyway, so we also, we were going to watch the Zabisco San Martino fight at midnight. So we were at this gym playing basketball on a Saturday. And this guy who used to look like Harley race, we used to call him Harley race. But anyway, he came in and he said, Man, you guys won't believe it, but uh, Bruno uh, Zabisco turned on Bruno. So yeah, yeah, okay. No, I'm being serious. They were wrestling. It was scientific. Bruno threw him out of the ring, and he, I mean, yeah. Then he he tried to open up the ropes, and Zabisco hit him in the uh, solar plexus, and he hit him in the head with a chair, and he busted him open. We did not believe him. You say, yeah, get the hell out of here. That didn't happen because you know they were. We knew they were going to fight and all that, but there was no way that was going to happen. And then right. we turned on midnight. And then we saw it around 20 after midnight was when the fight was on. And then we all tried to call each other. We didn't have caller waiting and all that. Everybody's line was busy because mm-hmm. we were trying to call each other. But my point is we didn't believe it because we believed in those wrestlers. And we, but it isn't we were dumb. It's just that, you know, those, those wrestlers sold it. And they were, they were legit. They were real. And, 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 uh, and I just missed that. And I'm just so glad that I grew up in that era of wrestling and even in the eights with Piper and, and you know, every night I watch 
different uh, old wrestling stuff. And yesterday I, I happened to turn on the uh, when uh, Piper and Orndorff were training and Gene Oakland goes into the mm-hmm. gym and then they beat the hell out of some guy outside. It was just great. And, and like you said, the tingling feeling. But, uh, but it, we, we were lucky to, to have that era for sure. And, and again, like you said, I respect the hell out of all the athleticism. Now, you had numerous belts. Uh, championships, which is a big deal. Uh, tell us uh, about those uh, titles that you had. Oh, uh, and the federations. I, I, I won, yeah, I, I, um, I guess uh, actually, uh, you say numerous. I actually I didn't win as many titles as you probably uh, as you probably think. Um, I was actually probably more of a um, uh, a wrestler who um, was it was a good uh, what do you call it like a good role player like a good utility player I could I could pretty much wrestle with people I mean mixed styles uh, but one one of the titles I, I'm pretty proud about I, I I won the like the NWA it was like kind of a regional junior heavyweight title out here um, I, I, when I wrestled for NWA uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood um, you know wrestling there and and uh, they had uh, I, I won a title there. Um, you know, I, when I first started uh, a group that, that, that I started with called Revolution Pro, I was the heavyweight uh, uh, Lucha Libre uh, champion at that time. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but I, but I, I never, um, I was never, you know, self-admittedly, I was probably not championship material. And it was for whatever reason, I got these titles. It was like, uh, you know, it was definitely transition, but it, it, it was nice to be recognized. And, uh, um, but yeah, I never did it for like the championships or the accolades it, it was uh like i said i never thought i'd do it once let alone how you know how many time i wrestled um um just a lot of the things that i probably cherish more are the uh opportunities and the accomplishments that i got to uh got to do within wrestling um you know being on just being on tv uh being on the the i was on mtv for the right. wrestling wrestling society x um being on xpw tv that was a big thing at the time on at the grand olympic um uh going to japan twice um you know and and starting pwg was um you know i where i was one of the founders of pro wrestling gorilla out here um that that's always been something that um that i can always in fact i i had a, a funny incident um one time I went to an Iowa Cubs game and um, I was just randomly there um, a couple like two years ago. And I, as I was leaving, there was a guy walking out um, as well. And he was wearing a pro wrestling gorilla t-shirt. Wow. And I sidled up to him and I, I put my arm around him and I go, do you like PWG? And he goes, yeah, I love PWG. And I go, would you um, believe that I started PWG and I designed <laughs> that T-shirt that you're wearing? And um, it's those types of things that um, that I get to do now, where where PWG is actually you know known around the world and around the wrestling world. Um, but I also got to wrestle some people uh, that are, like I said, in WWE now and AEW, and and uh, and uh, it's just. It, it was like it was like a dream. It seems like a lifetime ago now, but um, it, it, but it, it was an incredible opportunity. Well, see, what, you know, when you said that about the belts, I mean, but you did win them, and they are important, and they are big time. It's, it's again, like like Vince Kaplack, I, I tell him all the time, you were a tag team champion 
with uh, Robert Gibson. You were in the same locker room with Abdul the Butcher and Jimmy Snuka. I said, mm-hmm. That's big time. And, and you winning those belts, it's it's not – it might not be – I mean, maybe because you're, you're in it, so you might not step away from it and look at how big it really is. But it is a big deal that you won those belts, and, and they were well-deserved. And as far as the, the PWG, um, tell us a little bit more about that. And, and again, people – there's an old saying: people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear about the labor pains. They just want to see the baby. You know, they they see the wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's great, a lot of fun. But tell us how hard that is to start it, and how hard it is to keep it going and, and to make it a profitable business. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. Um, and, and you're right. It's it's um, you know, a lot of. Uh, all the things that I've done, and I never thought of it that way. And I I, I have to kind of reassess you know, what, what you said, because you're right. And, and not, not everybody gets the opportunity to do this. Um, and I, I always kind of try to remember that. And, and, and when I look back on it, I'm just like, wow, I really, you know, did do a lot of things that, right. um, in fact, about my Japan trips, I, I always say like that, you know, no travel agent could have planned those trips. Right. And uh, it, they were really uh, super special. And I look back on them fondly. But but uh, PWG was actually the kind of the so when I when I first started it was um, we started a promotion in uh, I think it was 1998 probably more in 99 uh, it was called Revolution Pro Wrestling it was in Anaheim California um, uh, Ron Rivera American Wild Child um, Super Dragon uh, Excalibur. Um, Mr. Excitement. There's there's a lot of great people that started this. You know, we literally started out of a garage in Anaheim, and um, but the one thing that we had was we used to sell tapes and uh, uh, tape trade as well, and we'd always kind of like put our tapes out there. And at that time, VHS tape uh, tape trading was uh, getting big, and and right. uh, and and we got a lot of prominence uh, from just putting out these tapes they they uh and i have a funny story about that um that i'll tell a little bit later but um but from that we just kept on getting bigger and we started like working with uh, other people other federations that were around here like upw was a big one and we used to uh, go to wpw which was more lucha libre based in anaheim as well and we just started just wrestling more and from that uh, whenever um the one thing about wrestling is you're always trying to do something bigger and better or go on the road and travel and have experiences and wrestle other people. And it's, it's kind of a cycle. So we would go up North to like uh, all pro wrestling, uh, which at that time you might know from uh, beyond the mat. Sure. Um, sure. That that was the the garage there. We used to uh, go up there and wrestle quite a bit. And uh, we just started like, just keep on going. We tried to start a couple um, different, um, federations that just didn't pan out and uh finally we said like why don't we just why instead of teaming with somebody why don't we just do it on our own so scott Loss, joey ryan uh, excalibur super dragon um and myself um we you know we we went through and top gun taller don't want to forget top gun but uh, so it was six of us uh and we were all workers and we said, like, well, let's just basically make a super show. And um, people that we want to wrestle, people that we want to wrestle with and against. And, and um, it was just basically an outlet for us just to have another show. 
uh, at the time, New Japan Pro Wrestling was um, starting in Santa Monica. UPW at the time was a, kind of a feeder for WWE at the time. People saw us as kind of like, oh, that's cute. Six workers. Uh, that'll last, you know, maybe a couple shows. Um, <laughs> it, it's turned out that it's kind of uh, uh, stood the test of time. It's now the largest independent on the West Coast. And, um, you know, we started a little bit, I want to say a little bit after Ring of Honor. Uh, that, was our, that was really our goal is to, to be some, like the West Coast version of Ring of Honor because they, they were putting on such great wrestling. Like their, the, the first Ring of Honor show is like a legendary show. And it kind of proved to us that, you know, we could have this kind of super show every single time with just like the kind of people that, that wrestled our style. And it's, and it's funny because there's now like a thing called the PWG style, which is this fast paced and, um, you know, just really exciting wrestling every single match. And uh, NXT basically, we said was basically PWG, an extension of PWG at one time. It's no, li- no longer like that. But, um, but we just basically started it. Um, I think we all pitched in some money to do the first show and it just, we just kept on doing it every single time. And um and but it was the thing that I I actually only lasted five years. Um, I actually wanted to make PWG like a business, like a business is a business. Sure. Um, if any, if you know anything about wrestling, it's there. It's there's a lot of like uh, I'll just say shortcuts. Um, like um, I, I'm sure a lot of wrestling companies don't have a business license. Let's just say that or. You know, um, you know, and this is, I'm not uh, being accusatory. I'm just saying that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, there's not a lot of like, um, you know, when you're a little independent, you know, sending out, um, you know, W9s is just like not done. You know, it's like, there's no like employees or stuff like that. So I tried to like change it like that. And it it, it just, um, for me, financially, it just didn't make sense anymore. And I was losing more money than I was, uh, I was making. Um, and, but the, the, the great thing is that, you know, I left and, um, they had a little bit of, um, readjustment, but then they picked up and, and they've had a second life and I'm super proud of it and not even looking at it. Like it was a bad thing. Um, I'm the place that I need to be and they're at the place that they need to be. Um, I don't know if I could have lasted, you know, as long as they are now 15 years or something like that. Um, are going on probably 16 now, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was tough. And, and running a wrestling promotion is not easy. It's, it's, it's sometimes like adult babysitting, but, uh, um, but, but I mean, the, the shows are, um, there's a lot of work that goes into it that a lot of people don't see. There's a lot of little things. I was a partner of an MMA uh, company several years ago. And I lasted one event and I got the hell out of it because I was getting my ass kicked more than the rest than the fighters were, yeah. you know, financially. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that yeah. because there's so many things, you know, people just think you just get a ring and an arena and let's go. No, there's security. And then there's the health issues and there's insurance. And then you got to, then the vendors and there are so many things that go into it that, uh, it, it's not a picnic, but, um, on oh that yeah, we were, oh, we, sorry, were, we were doing the video production and yeah. and website and and flyers yeah. Yeah. and you know t-shirts. It was like it was it was getting to be crazy. It sure um, is. And well, we were doing well, but it it was like it, I'm just like I'm gonna burn out or yeah. you know and 
Yeah, so I understand. And at one time uh, here in California, they were starting to wanting to regulate um, professional wrestling like MMA. Right. And they wanted yeah. to have like athletic commissions in and they were just like, oh, my God. So like yeah. it, it, it didn't last very long. But man, what, what a pain. That would have been more of a headache. Oh, my God. But uh, on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break to hear from our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar at 502 Cabot Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call Dom at 412-372-3667 and criminal defense attorney Eric jackson Lorry with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. Call Eric at 412-963-9308. We will write back with the disco machine, <clears throat> Michael Mondragon. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Okay, Michael. Now, um, you're also a huge baseball fan. We touched on that, and you started the uh, Beer Baseball blog. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, you know, how, why you got into baseball, why that was such an attraction to you, and maybe even some of the favorite teams or players that, uh, that, that inspired you to love it so much? Sure. Uh, I've, I've been a baseball fan uh, pretty much my whole life. Um, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, so we didn't have a baseball team, but uh, my grandparents were from St. Louis, and so I kind of adopted them. Um, I, went, I had a summer there in 1980, um, so that, that definitely helped uh, fuel that. Um, I, unfortunately, I didn't get to go to a St. Louis Cardinals game back then, um, but um, but, uh, you know, my, I, they got really good. I mean, they won the, the championship in 82 and then sure. uh, 85 and 87. They, they had lost, but they were still in the World Series. So they had good teams during that era. And so, you know, it was very easy to follow and it was a good connection to my grandparents. But um, I, I played baseball growing up. That was my sport, uh, that and soccer. And uh, one of the things that, um, that I had was I didn't realize that um, I had – I, I had been to a lot of stadiums, uh, even though, you know, um, even though I, I lived in this kind of, they had spring training there. So Cactus League is there, but um, I, I hadn't even seen a, um, a professional game, a, a legit professional game until I was like 23. I went to the, my very first game was at the Astrodome of all places in 93. Wow. 
And then I actually, it was the Astrodome, the, the Astros were playing the Padres. And then we literally, after the game, walked over to uh, the Astro Arena to see Fall, Fall Brawl 93, which was the, uh, the war games, the double cage uh, match. Um, sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, I was actually at Russell War 91 in Phoenix. So, um, yeah, so it was like, I, there's always kind of like this baseball wrestling connection. <laughs> Maybe um, you have something and, there, uh, like the rock and roll connection. Maybe somewhere we can get a baseball uh, wrestling connection. <laughs> well, that, that, that's what I was going to say. Like, like all the people that I do my current beer baseball blog with are former wrestlers. And we all had this, um, we had this love of wrestling, but we, we know that we're going to be lifelong friends because of baseball. And sure. one of the things that, that I um, that I kind of I kind of fell into. My, my girlfriend and I we used to uh, do social media for a uh, craft beer events that were in California and Los Angeles area, and um, we started kind of finding out about this kind of craft beer culture that had come up. And this was like in 2015 or so. And um, uh, ironically, we were in Arizona at a Diamondbacks game, and in right field. Um, we were at a game and then right field, they had this new kind of, uh, craft beer restaurant that kind of looked overlooked, uh, the stadium. And, um, I, I had this kind of epiphany and I'm just like, you know what, I've been looking for, you know, something after leaving wrestling is kind of to fill that kind of void of, of, uh, you know, putting my artistic creativity into something. And I was like, you know what? I'm sure that um, doing like a craft beer and baseball like blog <laughs> is, you know, is, is there's got, that's something, there's something here. I looked up on uh, Google domains and I, and I looked up beerbaseball.com and I'm like, Holy cow, it's available. This is a sign from the heavens. Um, and then what I, I got it and uh, I started just kind of write at the time writing about, you know, going to baseball games, my baseball experiences, and, um, you know, kind of mixing that in with craft beer. Because every stadium um, had craft beer, and there was great craft breweries around the stadium and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, I got something here. Because there was people that did baseball stuff exclusively, and there's people that do, uh, you know, craft beer stuff exclusively, but no one had kind of meshed the two together. I started doing it and it's just grown um, ever since. And um, I, I eventually got my, my buddy, Angela Trinidad, who was a ring announcer for um, uh, UPW and uh, NWA Hollywood. Uh, my buddy Taro, who I wrestled with um, in Revolution Pro. And uh, we started, um, uh, started doing the beer baseball blog cast which was an extension of the, of the blog. And, and because of the pandemic, uh, we were kind of confined to our house. And uh, we said like, you know what, we should just go live every week and start talking about beer and baseball. And it's, it's gotten even bigger. And it's like, this has just been such, I mean, unfortunately, of course, you know, the world, I'm not, I can't say it was a godsend that the, you know, the pandemic happened, but sure. a lot of great things have happened uh, that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. And um, we're very thankful for that. We do, we do sometimes on weekends, we do the beer baseball hoppy hour, which is just us casually getting together and we'll open up baseball packs and we'll just talk baseball and beer. And, uh, and then we all, we'll always have a beer. And if we open up uh uh, pack and we get some brewers we all drink it's like it's, it's just a lot of fun and it, it's become a, like a really great 
uh, I, I say a great waste of time and, uh, <laughs> uh we love, we love it. We love it. And we love right. that people love to watch it. That's great. That's great. Uh, I, one of our sponsors, who's one of my best friends, Eric Jackson, Laurie is a huge, uh, beer guy. So I have to put him through to your uh, show. He'll enjoy it for sure. And he'd make a great guest too, just to, just, just to push him a little bit. But anyway, um, great. now I, I talked about how wrestling, is different uh, from when I was growing up to now. Um, and, and I think baseball is too. And like I said, I, I thank God every, and my parents every day that I'm, I'm working in college baseball, professional baseball and doing the training lessons and all that kind of stuff. So I love doing it. It's a dream come true. Um, I'm blessed and grateful to be doing it, but in all honesty, Michael, the game is different. The personalities are different. Like I'll watch, um, this week in baseball from 81 and 82, like you said earlier, you get that, that, that tingle, that, that feeling, you know, mm-hmm. or a friend of mine who does our introductions, Rick Mitchell says it was magic, magical back then. And now the, the players and the teams, it just doesn't seem the same. I don't know. It's because I'm getting older. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but what is it for you? I mean, I, I still love doing what I do. Don't get me wrong. I'm still very extremely passionate about it, extremely, and I'm blessed to be doing it. But as far as the game itself, watching it on TV, it's not the same as it used to be. Um, what about you? Yeah, you know, that, that's a great question. I, I had this um, I had this very interesting talk with uh, a guy, and it wasn't a heated talk, but it was, it was getting – I think that he thought I was challenging him. But when I, really, I was just asking him – um, like to, uh, and I, I asked him cause I don't know how I even came up, but we were on the train, uh, at a Dodger stadium. And I said to him, I go, name a baseball player that kids have to go see live. Right. Exactly. And he, he was like, Oh, you know, he started naming all these players. And I go, I have a, an 18 year old son. Um, he doesn't want to go see Bryce Harper. Right. He doesn't want to go see, you know, um, you know, just any of the young stars of the game. And I, but I remember, um, you know, going and even though he was a villain, going to see Barry Bonds, um, and and, like people went to go see him just to boo him. (laughs) Um, There's not those types of good and bad players. Right. Um, People that change. I mean, Puig had a, a moment where people had that feeling. Um, I'm trying to think of other, uh, you know, players that, that, you know, like, like, for instance, like what's a pitcher that you have to go see? I, I go to Dodger stadium and it's like half full for Clayton Kershaw starts. Right. Like yeah, there's no, there's happen? no Nolan Ryan's and, and Seavers and right. Palmer's and guys like Carlton's and guys like that. I mean, or even forget about the hall of famers, but like a Steve Rogers or a Dave Steve. Those guys you used to hate to go against those guys. I remember for, it was crazy because uh, I used to go to pirate games every Sunday. My uncle used to work at three river stadium. And, um, it seemed like every time I turned around, the pirates were playing, uh, either Steve Carlton or, or Steve Rogers. And it's like, God, I'm yes. not those guys, but, but you're right. Yeah. And, but there's no, and, and another thing that I really cannot stand and I think it's killing the game. And I forgot who it was. You might remember, especially being in the West coast, somebody from the Padres hit a grand slam and his father played in the majors. I forgot who the hell it was. Tatis. 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 Yes. He hit a grand slam. And I remember, uh, the, the headline that night was, uh, you won't believe what Tatis did. And I said, geez, what did he do? And he had a grand slam. Okay. What did he do bad? It was a three Oh count. And they were up 
seven to three. And his manager was upset with him, and the other team's manager was upset with him. And everybody, I'm saying to myself, you got to be kidding me. You got, and you know these unwritten rules, and um, like you can't steal a base if you're up five after the third inning, and all this craziness. And I know as a coach, I've been criticized for you know that type of thing. And I always tell my team, if we're up ten, score eleven. If we're down ten, score eleven. You know, and and just play the game. That's how you respect the game, not this. Don't do this. And I, I, I would never tell my players to rub it in or or you know point at the other team or nothing like that. Never in a zillion years. But I'm talking about play the game hard. And, and you mentioned Barry Bonds. I liked when he used to do the snatch catch or Ricky Henderson with the snatch catcher. The, the 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 things that he used to do. Reggie Jackson would hit mm-hmm. a 500 foot shot or Dave Parker mm-hmm. used to make a snatch catch. And and I love that. Um, yep. And. But there was an it factor to those guys that I just don't see. And you hit it on the head. Who, who, who do you, you want to go see? Like, who's the guy? Who's the guy? Mike Trout's a great player, no question. But he's not somebody that you really want to go see. Like, in my home office here, I have pictures of Clemente and Parker and Reggie Jackson and Lee Mazzilli. You know, guys that are a ton of Joe Namath and Reggie Jackson and different boxers, Vinny Paz, uh, Don Lon. I, I got Buster Douglas, guys who had something, an it factor to them. And I just don't see that anymore. It's just, I hate to say it, Michael, but it's like they're boring. Well, yeah, and it's also the way that they're presented. And and I'll, I, I, I'm glad you brought up Trout because I, uh, um, my buddy Kevin and Angelo, they're huge Angel fans. So I go out to um, Angel Stadium all the time. I, actually, more than I ever have in the last probably three years because of them. But, um, but, yeah, I get to see Mike Trout, like, way more than anybody probably does sees him on TV on the East Coast. And he also plays at, you know, 7 o'clock, so that's 10 o'clock East Coast time. So you guys miss, like, you know, his, his brilliance, like, all year. Sure. Um, and, and, but he, I'll tell you, he's not even as big here as he should be. And, um, like, I love, you know, we feel embarrassed that we get to see him as much as we do because it's, like, it's such a privilege. <laughs> and he's not even marketed as, like, a huge player. Like, I remember when, like, Otani was, was here. Oh, yeah. um, you know, it, it, he actually was actually <laughs> a little bit, uh, you know, overshadowed by that. Think about Pujols, a Hall of Famer. His, uh, when he was doing the, uh, it was like the march to like, what, 660 or something like that, uh, his mm-hmm. home run, um, th- that sign was literally almost outside the stadium. Like this, they had this kind of sign that was like kind of like the march and all the names to it. Mm-hmm. It, it kept on moving from further and further back. Uh, Pujols didn't even have any uh, promotions that year, I don't believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 the promotion of these players is, is, a questionable at, at, at best. And, um, but then what, what I figure too is, um, is I think a lot of these games are now it's more entertainment because everything is geared now to, to TV. If whenever they talk about the pace of the game, right. Um, and, and pace, pace of the game, pace, and it's got, it's got to be, it's got to shorten. It's got to have this like, you know, shorter lifespan. Right? And I was like, <laughs> You know, you know, you know who doesn't want it to. I know I don't want shorter games when I go to games. I don't want right. a two-hour game when I go out to Angel Stadium. I'll stay there for four hours. I go an hour before and I'll stay an hour afterwards. 
like that's just me because I'm a baseball nut. But sure. um, I, I don't know why they're trying to um, uh, act, uh, speed up things. Um, and, uh, the, the game kind of goes at its own pace. And, you know, you look at the old games, I mean, they're pretty much the same timing. So I don't know. It, it's, they're, they're, I think, I don't think baseball is broken, but they really try to fix it a lot. Yeah, that's that's a good line as well. That's a great line. You know what? I want to ask you a few questions that I didn't write down that just popped into my head, but I'm going to we have to go take a quick commercial break to hear from our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar at 502 Cavett Avenue in Traffic, Pennsylvania, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson Laurie with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh, and Fox Chapel call Eric at 412-963-9308 and my book, my new book is out, uh, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. It's on sale now on my website, ClaudioRelsano.com, Amazon.com, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, BarnesandNoble.com. And you can also pick it up at the Barnes & Noble in Robinson Township and at the Swickley Penguin Bookstore. And we were right back with the Disco Machine. Of course, we're done with the wrestling right now. We're into baseball, and we're going to get into his uh, life now. Michael Mondragon. We'll be right back. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Okay, Michael, uh, we, we talked about some name players. Let me ask you this. Uh, the Hall of Fame this year obviously did not uh, induct anybody. So do you think, number one, let, let me ask you, let me give you a few names and just say yes or no. Uh, Pete Rose, should he, should he be in or no? Yes. Okay, I agree. Barry Bonds, in or no? Yes or no? Yes. Can I can I, I, pre- I, can I preface that real quick? Of course. The, um, I, I those two names that come up specifically. Um, you know, baseball um, definitely punished uh, Rose for gambling. They certainly slapped a ro- uh, Barry Bonds on the wrist for, for um, you know, supposedly what he did. Um, and I, I, I think that um, I, I, at this point, I just think it's the baseball writers uh, that, that don't want him in. Baseball could care less. In fact, you know, Bonds has had a, 
was the hitting coach for the Marlins. That's right. um, he still does functions with um, with the Giants, and Pete Rose still does functions with the Reds. So uh, who who exactly is keeping him out of the Hall of Fame? That's what I'll say about that. <laughs> and and the Hall of Fame is not connected to Major League Baseball. People think that one runs the other, and they're they're two separate entities. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I'm almost positive about that. But um, okay, so Roger Clemens should he be in or out? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, I I will say in. I, I don't. I, I I think he's in the Bonds territory. I agree. And how about Kurt Schilling? Ooh. So so, one of the <laughs> things that they say about Schilling, and I'm I'm glad you brought him up because I have I have a, a funny side on him too. Um, Kurt Schilling uh, was known as you know basically uh, more of a postseason pitcher, right? Big game pitcher. And they don't reward postseason pitchers that much. So, but strictly on his numbers. I say that he is, um, I'm going to say in okay. and, uh, and I'm going to say in, uh, because I went to high school with Kurt Schilling in Phoenix, oh. Arizona, shot him out in high school. I batted out off him once. He actually came back and he was doing spring training, uh, kind of a training. So I, I batted off him once and hit a weak grounder to second. I actually have a, a blog all about it. Um, but I, I want him in only because I can say that I went to uh, high school and played baseball with a Hall of Famer. There you right. go. There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that the writers tend to be a little bit holier than thou type thing. And, um, you know, I think it would be such a celebration, especially with Pete Rose. I think it would be a huge celebration and get baseball kind of back in the mainstream, for, eh, for the lack of a better term. I just think it would give a good – uh, what's the what, what, good good not not attention? Just, it would be good. It'd be nice. A nice story, you know. Hell, he's. He, he, I, I, I'm not saying put him back on the field or nothing like that, but I think he deserves to be in. And you know, you have your all-time home run leader not in, and Pete Rose not in, and I just think it would be great for the game. And uh, you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm not saying you know he didn't screw up and all that kind of stuff, but uh, I, I think it's time he's been punished enough. And I'd like to see Shoeless Joe Jackson in too. What do you think of that? Yeah. That, I, I, that, I think so, exactly. That's so funny. We, we actually had a, a broadcast. We talked about that where, um, and I didn't realize this, it was like 2015, they actually, the, the Joe Jackson estate actually petitioned Rob Manfred to overturn that ruling after all these years, and they, they denied it. And that was, uh, that was very interesting. Um, and I think that he falls like definitely in the uh, uh, Kind of a not not even in the in the Pete Rose territory. I mean, it's a, it's a similar situation, but um, yeah, I, I I honestly think you're absolutely 100 percent right on that. And it, it's hard to believe that the all-time hits leader, the all-time home runs leader, and a player with 354 yeah. career victories can't get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Unbelievable. And like I yeah. said, I'd like I'd wonder if those writers would like to be uh, have their lives in a magnifying glass and see how perfect they've lived you know everybody again everybody makes mistakes and i think those guys deserve to be in yeah i was telling somebody a show i forgot which show it was but um kennesaw mountain landis is in the hall of fame yet he was huge uh a huge reason or he had a huge word on african-americans not playing playing baseball 
and he's That's in the right. Hall of Fame. So what the hell? Right. I mean, uh, you know, get him out then. I mean, I, I just think it's, I, I don't think it's right. And I, I again, I think it would be a huge uh, moment for baseball, a historic moment for baseball to have, especially Pete Rose uh, in. And, and yeah. Pete Bonds and, and, and Clemens, they, they've all suffered enough. They, they've been punished. It isn't like they were. And when Alex Rodriguez's turn, you know, if you want to hold him up a couple years to slap him on the wrist, okay, fine, if that makes you feel better. But you got to get him in too. I mean, his numbers. Yeah, I, I was, I, you know, that's funny that you said that because he stole it right out of my uh, mouth. I was like, you know, a guy with, you know, uh, you know, almost 700 home runs. 696. Near yeah. the Hall of Fame. He can, he can, he can, uh, he can buy a ticket, but he can't, he can't, he can't uh, actually be in it. Um, but, you yeah. know, here's another thing that's, that's <laughs> hypocritical. You have their articles in the Hall of Fame. You have their bats, balls, shoes, uniforms, hats. Okay, you have stuff like that in the Hall of Fame, but they're not allowed in the Hall of Fame. But then, as you said, you know, a Rod. Well, forget about a Rod, but forget about Bonds. But you, 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 Pete Rose has to buy a ticket to get in a game. But yet, whenever you want to have a Pete Rose night or celebrate something, or in 1999 uh, they had a fantastic ceremony in Boston. Uh, or I think no, maybe it wasn't 99 for that one. That's something else. But they had the 50 greatest players, whoever the hell it was. You know, Pete Rose was mm-hmm. there, so they use him. But either you're in or you're out. Either you you allow him to be in the game, you know, as a, as a Hall of Famer, or just ignore him, you know, because they're kind of having it both ways. If it can benefit them, then yeah, let's use Pete Rose. Let's put his hat in Hall of Fame, his bat, his ball, and then use him for different events at stadiums, at ballparks. But let's not allow him into the Hall of Fame because he did a bad thing. So you know, you see, what I'm saying it's it's very hypocritical in my opinion. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely playing both sides of it, and and depending on which narrative it is, I mean the the Reds have uh, Pete Rose a statue outside, yeah. but like you know, but baseball, I mean for the sport that he played in, for the organization he played in, uh, they 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 won't even do anything. So yeah, it's just it is weird. That's crazy. Well, tell us what you're doing now, uh, graphic designer, and uh, of course the the beer baseball blog, which. Uh, before the end of the show, I, I'd like everybody to know where they can read your stuff and, and listen to the podcast. But tell us a little bit about the graphic design business you're in. Sure. Yeah, I've uh, I've been a graphic designer for 30 years. Uh, I actually uh, right now I do uh, I do what's called UI UX work. So basically, like stuff on uh, you know your tablet or your phone or, or websites. I do that type of design, and uh, I do that for a very large medical company. So. Um, it affords me the opportunity uh, to work remotely and I get to, uh, you know, before the pandemic, uh, I was traveling around in different cities and working in different cities. And, um, and then I would go to ball games at night and, and, uh, uh, but I also do like uh, logo branding. I actually um, uh, started doing that as a very young uh, kid. I actually would sell baseball logos at baseball card stores when I was in my uh, early teenage years. Um, wow. So I was a, a bit of an entrepreneur. So I, I, you know, I used to love like, you know, like the Houston Astros logo or the Montreal Expos logo and, and stuff like that. So I would, I would draw them. And I'm, the, I'm the looking at them right logo. now. I still, I still love yeah. those old logos. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's what got me into branding. And, uh, and uh, there, there's companies like Brandios that now do all the, like the major league baseball, oh, I'm sorry, minor league baseball uh, branding and, and, you know, like, you'll see stuff like the Hartford yard goats and the uh, San Antonio flying chanclas, all the, the Mexican <laughs> uh, variations of stuff. They're, they're a big part of that. And um, that's a big part of uh, the work that I do. And 
Um, so yeah, like all the all the graphics that you see uh, for uh, anything that's beer baseball blog related, I do. Um, I also do a, another show. Uh, like I like it, it's funny because I, I say that I uh, I don't sleep much, but I, I actually work about eighteen hours a day. Um, like I actually me. have a show on Thursdays called Carvers and Creators, which is um, my buddies um, Paul and Matt who who are pumpkin carvers, and they were um, champion pumpkin carvers on the Food Network. Um, I do a show with them. And so I lend my artwork, but also my uh, podcasting skills. And, and we, do, we do a thing on YouTube uh, every Thursday night. And uh, so, yeah, so like all my, all and, you know, my artwork um, got me my start in wrestling. It was my kind of my currency. I actually uh, would do all the t-shirts and website and flyers and stuff like that. So um, it's been something that I've, uh, you know, lent my artwork too. If you look at the Pro Wrestling Gorilla logo, I did the I did that logo. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically uh, what I do all day, every day. That's great. Hey, when you get a chance, look at the since you appreciate logos, I have I still have an old lunchbox back when I was a little kid of the San Diego Conquistadors when Will Chamberlain sure. was coaching. Yeah, the old ABA team. I love that logo. Yeah, but, um, yeah that, that's great. That's great. We were lucky to have those times. That's that's for sure. I, I wonder if kids today are going to look back at these athletes, what, whatever sport it is. Like there's a guy who, uh, his name's Dan Leonard. He always sends me stuff on Pete Maravich, right? And mm-hmm. um, I wonder if kids today are going to look back on, I hope they do on these athletes today and have that same, uh, reverence that same magical feeling as, as we do. I, I certainly hope so. I hope so. Well, you know, think, we were talking about it before real quick. Uh, the, uh, one of the things that baseball could do is basically kind of what football and, and uh, basketball do is they allow them to take the footage and make their own kind of mixtapes and stuff like that yeah. on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, that's where these, um, you know, people are they, these kids that are going to be the next generation are going to uh, really connect with these is when they can have that experience of uh, doing that. I think that, you know, uh, baseball, uh, Trevor Bauer was just talking about this, about having, um, you know, pitchers that aren't um, in the game, uh, having them available like online, you know, during a game, literally during a game and, and connecting with fans um, doing those types of things. And I think those types of, I think uh, media is going to actually be a big part of it. And baseball has been very careful about, uh, how they extend, you know, the video realm. And if you, if you were to do a video of baseball, they take it right down. Um, and, yeah, and yeah. so, but I, I think that, I think that, that that's the way to connect with them. I mean, video games is another way. Um, and you know, they do all that stuff, but you know, people would rather actually watch them on, on the video game than in the actual game. So there's a bit of a disconnect. So, um, but yeah, baseball has to do better at that. Well, now we have something here called the Eric Jackson, Lori lightning round. So, uh, we'll ask you some quick questions or give us some quick answers. And that's for criminal defense attorney, Eric Jackson, Lori up the office is located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox chapel call Eric at 412-963-9308. Okay, Michael, favorite all-time wrestler? Oh, uh, Roddy Piper. I was just watching something on him the other day. He was he was the best, wasn't he? He was he's you know what? Yeah. Real quick, another another question. I didn't write this down. Your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Oh, okay. Uh, Rip Flair, Roddy Piper, 
and uh, George the Animal Steel. Wow, that's that's not um, this way. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, George the Animal Steel is so I, I need a fourth one, don't I? Yeah. Uh, you got to mention I Bruno. Say, oh boy, um, that was he was he was actually when I started watching wrestling, he was the he had the uh, cream colored jacket, uh, you know, and he was a, an announcer, and he got he got in. Uh, he was the third man in the booth uh, with Jesse and uh, Vince. Uh, so I kind of missed his early days. Um, sure. I, will, I will go with Ray Mysterio Jr. because wow. um, Ray was actually a big reason why I got to wrestle. And okay. um, so, yeah, that was that was so if it wasn't for him, I'm not sure if uh, uh, guys that were, you know, 190 or 200 uh, would get right. to have the prominence they did. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Mine are, without question, Bruno San Martino, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Dusty Rhodes. Now, that fourth oh, one, you could yeah. put a lot of different guys, but Dusty was uh, great with the mic and had great matches. Yep. I mean, he was uh, he was unbelievable. Favorite yeah, baseball, 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 favorite baseball player of all time. Ooh, that's a great one. And people ask me this all the time, and I always, um, you know, I'd like to go with Ozzy Smith. Um, okay. I mean, he was actually the most dynamic, um, but you know, I, I, I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm somewhere in between, I mean, cause I didn't grow up like a, I didn't grow up like thinking, oh, this is my one player. I used to just love them as a whole, like, uh, you know, George Brett and, and Reggie Jackson. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, but you're right. I, I, my thing was like more like consuming all of it rather than just one. I always okay. felt like I was cutting myself thin. I, I go, I had to know everything. And so if, if there was a guy, there's a, there's a baseball player uh, that was, I think he plays for the Yankees and, um, and Blue Jays. And I, I used to have like a 1979 card of him, Otto Velez. Oh, sure. So I love knowing the smallest player to the largest. Right. So um, you could never like uh, stump me. I'm just like, Oh yeah, I know him. I know him. I know him. So um, even though we didn't get it on TV, like baseball cards were like, you know, the, the great equalizer that, for that, for me. I still have my, I still have my cards from 72, wait, yeah, 72 to 86. Um, wow. I, I collected, but let me tell you something real quick to get off the Eric Jackson, Lori final word. I was at a, uh, card show here in Pittsburgh and this guy was walking around looking at all the memorabilia and the cards and this guy pulled up the 1973 Topps card and I, I could just see the back of the card and Michael I gotta tell you I got this really weird nice feeling when I saw that it just brought me back to when I was a yep. little kid but then seconds later it hit me I'm never gonna feel that way about a baseball card again so it was it was really nice. And again, I'll repeat, I love doing what I do, but it's the, 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 you know, the game on TV and the cards, it's just not the same as it used to be. But, um, but yeah, I think, I, I think there's a lot of uh, things. There's too, there's too many things right now. Back then it was like, you know, just, you could focus, you could focus yeah. on things. There was just yeah, network TV. Yeah. And, and if you didn't get the game, you didn't get the game. Right. Last question. If you had the opportunity, if somebody gave you tickets, would you go to a Game 7 of a World Series or WrestleMania? Game 7 World Series, 100%. All right, all right, I like that answer. Uh, tell us one more time where they can uh, read your work and, and uh, listen to the uh, beer, beer uh, 
podcast, beer blog. I'm, I'm screwing it up. You go ahead and say it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's the beer baseball blogcast. Beer basketball. Um, yeah. We we do it. We do it every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific time and uh, 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern. And uh, you can check us out. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. We actually stream it live uh, every Tuesday. Um, if you want to check out uh, us and just find everything about us, we're at beerbaseball.com. Uh, but yeah, look up uh, Beer Baseball or Beer Baseball blog on um, any social media, and uh, you'll find us. We have a uh, a yellow B on a on a red background. That's us. And so yeah, so that's uh, that's what we're doing, and and we. Uh, we're expanding. We're doing uh, tomorrow. We're doing uh, tops series one. We're doing card wars. It's been a very popular segment. We're doing for the next week, the new release of tops um, product. And uh, we, we play a baseball game with it and, uh, and drink craft beer. And uh, we all drink when we get brewer cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Hey, I really, really enjoyed this. This, this hour went really quick and I really enjoyed talking to you because you're part of uh, some things that I definitely love and that's wrestling and baseball. So thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll, we'll talk soon for sure. Thank you. Great. Okay, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, it was a lot of fun. As I said, it was a quick hour. Uh, as always want to thank our sponsors, Roscoe hearing and allergy care center, Dom's pizzeria and sports bar at 502 Cabot Avenue in traffic, Pennsylvania called Dom at 412 3723667 and criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson Laurie with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel call Eric at 412-963-9308 don't forget about my new book lead from the heart up not the neck up how to create a positive winning culture on the field and in the office you can get it on my website claudiorelsano.com amazon com, John Melvin Publishing.com and Barnes and Noble.com you can also pick it up at the Barnes and Noble and Robinson Township and the Swickley penguin bookstore uh, as always want to thank rick mitchell and adam zaloof my great producer and uh, don't forget to tune into our other shows where you can hear guys like mario andretti uh, jerry cooney ken griffey senior rocky blyer pierre larouche uh, donnie lalon vinnie paz a bunch of great guests uh, you can always go back and listen to the archives on my website claudiorelsano.com and as always want to thank mom and pop talk to you guys soon Thank you for listening to The Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts like he can't understand what i'm saying it's not just a hearing problem jolie it is a health problem even with a mild hearing loss our risk of dementia doubles with age so let's improve dad's hearing and his health let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding laughter and happy memories serving the dubois area for over 20 years the roscoe hearing care center in dubois punksy and st mary's the hearing solutions you've been looking for call us for an appointment today Today, 814-375-0455. 
law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. <laughs> 